The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 107. The average cost in 2013 for an international flight from America was $991.82. Say hello to Budget Airlines. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the person who's always flying with me no matter what flight we're taking, whether it be an awesome Singapore Airlines experience or a really, really bad budget airline in China, Spring Air, my wife and constant traveling companion, Heather. Hi, everyone. And guys, today what we are going to do is we're going to be talking about budget airlines, a very underserved, underreported way to travel more and spend less and a way that we use to really help us save money when we're traveling and to make our travel dollars stretch even further. But before we get into that, I have to give a huge thank you out to all the listeners today because last week... I had the crazy idea of trying to get the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast into the top 100 podcasts on iTunes in the world. And you were here with me as I was doing it. What what was I acting like? Because I wasn't being normal. Not that I'm ever normal. (laughs) Yeah, not that you're ever normal. And you're pretty crazy about most, you know, adventures or goals that you set up for yourself. So yeah, I mean, you were checking iTunes, refreshing the page every couple minutes, kind of just in a manic mode for about 48 hours. Yeah, I was really excited. I had no idea whether it worked, but I want to report to you guys that and say thank you that not only did we crack into the top 100 podcasts on iTunes, but we actually got as high as number 58 in the world. So thank you everyone who was listening last week and who subscribed to the Extra Pack of Peanuts show on iTunes. I, I can't believe we did it. I well, cannot believe it's it. it's well deserved. You work pretty hard and you have some amazing guests, myself included. So. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for that. If you didn't subscribe last week, you know we want to keep that lofty perch in the top 100. I keep saying lofty perch, but we want to stay in the top 100. To do that, we need people subscribing. So if you have listened to the show, if you really like it, definitely subscribe. That'll help new people find it. You can learn how to subscribe. If you don't know how to subscribe on iTunes, because they make it a little... Difficult. I don't know why they do that. ExtraPackOfPeanuts.com slash iTunes. Another thing I want to mention to the listeners is that we are running another session of Frequent Flyer Bootcamp. This is the very last session of 2014 for Frequent Flyer Bootcamp. So if you guys are interested in that, that is our premium course. We have 25 videos at this point. You get membership into a private Facebook group where we share all different types of tips and tricks. And that's for life, right? People can that stay in that for forum. And yeah, the other day... Always active. Always active. The other day, someone posted a crazy fair about going to Africa and it was round trip, the US to Africa, $350. So people are always 
responding and answering questions and things like that. So you, if you want to join Fruit and Fire Bootcamp or you want to find out more information about it, you can go to extrapackofpants.com slash ffbootcamp. Make sure you go to ffbootcamp, the extrapackofpants.com slash ffbootcamp because if you're a podcast listener, I want to give you a special gift because I know you like the audio format, obviously, because you're listening to the podcast. So I've recorded a special thing there. So if you sign up through that link, I'll know that you are a podcast listener and then you can get that special thing. So it's our last one of 2014. So if you guys are interested in the travel hacking and learning how to use miles and doing all that, go to extrapackpants.com slash ffbootcamp. Lastly, the survey. It's really been helpful hearing people's comments and just very encouraging. We are running a survey. We're giving away a $50 Amazon gift card to one lucky person. So if you want to help us fill out the survey, it's less than five minutes. We were just looking at the survey results before we decided to record this. And one of the things that we heard was that people love the travel tips and tricks episode. So the ones are like 21 ways to save money on accommodation or things that you should pack. And that's why we decided to do this episode today on budget airlines. They also said they love our experiences. So we're going to kind of mesh a really good travel tip, how to use budget airlines with our experiences because we've used them, I don't know, 50, 60, oh, 70 flights absolutely. at this time. And our, and our friends and mostly our family are always asking us, can you help us find a flight here and there? And what's the best way to get to Philadelphia from you know Nashville? My sister Julie is just asking me. So... Yeah. So if you guys want to help us with a survey, extrapackpants.com slash survey and all the show notes, because I have a feeling that we are going to be linking up a ton of stuff for the show because we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. You can get the show notes for this extrapackofpeanuts.com slash budget airlines. So we're going to do a few things in the show. We're going to talk about like what budget airlines are because a lot of people out there might not have any idea really what they are, although you can probably decipher it from the name. We're going to talk about how we decide whether it's worth taking a budget airline, how we find budget airlines, you know, yeah, all that stuff. And you know stuff. what, Travis? I think since you're the expert in finding these deals, that I should interview you today because your knowledge far exceeds mine when it comes to all of these tricks. All right, let's do it. Give me, all right, let's flip the tables. You can interview me, yeah. So <laughs> uh, you have to jump in because all your experiences were the same as me. Now I'm a little flustered. Uh, yeah, so, well, um, I mean, this is new for me too, so we'll see how it goes. All right, well, let's go with it. All right, let's start with what are budget airlines? Just the basic question. What yeah. are they? All right, so I would define budget airlines. They're also known as low-cost carriers. And budget airlines are airlines where you're normally going to have to pay for extra things on the airline. So that will usually include luggage, that might include meals, that might include picking your seats. So usually when people think about flying, they think if you're in America, you know, I'm going to fly Delta, US Airways, American Airlines, what we kind of call legacy carriers, or we can call them normal airlines if we want on this show. But they don't really think about budget airlines because in the US, we don't have as many budget airlines. So it's it's these airlines that pop up that the ticket prices are usually cheaper. And we'll talk about how we can decide whether they're cheaper or not and whether they're worth it. But they're usually cheaper. And that's because they don't give you all these extra amenities that quote unquote normal airlines do. So where would you say budget airlines are the most common? Because you said that there aren't many in America. So what are the budget airlines in America? I mean, I know of Frontier. Yeah, Frontier is one. Mind first. There are a few budget airlines in America and they're taking hold a little bit. So if you guys are listening and you're American-based, which we know from our survey is most of you, actually, that's just the demographics <laughs> from Libsyn, our podcast. So that wasn't even in the survey. But 
budget airlines in the U.S. We talked Spirit Airline is one. Frontier Airline is one. Frontier's out of Denver. Spirit is flies a lot down to Florida and things like that. Those are the two main ones. People used to, con- or maybe even still consider Southwest a budget airline. I don't. It doesn't really fit the criteria. So Southwest isn't one. Virgin America and JetBlue kind of fit it. But really, I would say Frontier and Spirit are the two ones in America that are the most like budget airlines in the rest of the world. And to answer your follow-up question then of, you know, where are they most common? You see budget airlines all over the place in Europe and you see them all over the place in Asia. So we are right now in Chiang Mai, Thailand. This is like the hub of budget airline land is Southeast Asia. Yeah, absolutely. And when we lived in Japan two and a half years ago, we flew AirAsia all the time. And since now that we're back, they have even more routes than they had four years ago. Yeah, AirAsia is the, I, I mean, I don't know numbers here, but I would guess it's the, not only the biggest budget airline in the world, and again, I don't know the numbers, but it's certainly the best and it keeps winning awards as you know i think it's six years in a row they have it on all their planes so when we fly with them in like a week i'll look it up but it's you know six years in a row they've won the award for best budget airline they are kind of the premier budget airline they're what others kind of emulate and air asia is based out of kuala lumpur in malaysia and as heather mentioned even from three years ago when we were last year in southeast asia they have expanded their routes dramatically. I mean, you can go from basically anywhere in Southeast Asia to anywhere else. You can even go up to China. You can go down to Australia. You can go up to Japan. You can go to India. Um, you used to be able to even go to the Maldives. So, I mean, they are really, they're branching out big time. But that would be a good one. And then in Europe, a lot of people have probably heard of Ryanair and EasyJet. Those are the two main ones the big ones in Europe, they're both Ryanair's based out of the UK. So here's a question for you. Obviously, in Europe and Asia, the the countries are much closer together. So you can basically travel internationally, even though, you know, it's much shorter. But in America, there are only domestic budget airlines. You can't take an international... Right. Spirit, Frontier do not go international. Southwest, quote unquote, goes international because they go to Mexico and like the Caribbean, but they're not even a budget airline. All right. So let's move on. Why should people use budget airlines? I mean, other than the obvious reason. Well, I think, (laughs) yeah. I mean, the obvious reason is that a lot of times they will be cheaper. And I think that we talk a lot about travel hacking. And and one of the things that came out in the survey when I was looking at the results is people want to hear more about travel hacking. And naturally, people always assume that's about using frequent flyer miles. And it is. I mean, that is a great way to get around the world for free. One of our past episodes, our EPOP success story with Tiff and Chris, they talk about going to Fiji for like 60 bucks and then New Zealand from Fiji for super cheap. You know, that's great. That's a good way to get these long haul flights taken care of. So if you can get miles, do it. But if you're I would consider hopping around, you know, not these long hauls. Yeah. And I would consider budget airlines as travel hacking. A lot of people only think miles and points, but you know, there's times where it's much better to buy a ticket than use miles and points because they're so cheap. And a lot of people overlook budget airlines and that's because they don't know about them or they're they just you know aren't sure of them so cost is the big one right and i would just tell everyone it's just another thing to look at when you're looking at how you can travel cheap the best thing to have is a bunch of options because the more options you have you can pick and choose where you want to go so there have been times where we've flown actually when we were going to australia we flew down on miles. But then on the way back, there was a really cheap ticket on Jetstar, which is an Australian budget airline. 
And so instead of using miles to fly back to Japan, we just bought a ticket. So that's a way that we've meshed, quote unquote, using miles and travel hacking with this other form of travel hacking, which is budget airlines. And this probably brings us to the question on everyone's mind, the biggest question when it comes to budget airlines. How do you find these flights? Yeah, what this, are some good resources for that? This is why I think a lot of people don't use budget airlines is because they don't know about them. And that's because a lot of budget airlines will not show up on these aggregator sites. So kayak.com or Expedia or, or Orbitz or, Orbitz, or something whatever, like that. All those big ones that a lot of people use to book their tickets will not show budget airlines. I'm not exactly sure the reasoning behind that. Maybe those airlines have to pay to show up. Maybe and maybe that's how they reduce costs because they're not paying a third party or something right. like and, that. And and again, like I'm not sure why, but they don't. And or a lot of times they don't. So for example, a lot of people use Skyscanner. Skyscanner does show some budget airlines, but there's no website that I know of. And if you guys know, leave it in the show notes, but I've never been able to find one that basically shows every airline. Even I should mention ITA Matrix, which is a really great site to find basically a baseline of what you should pay to go between two cities. That doesn't include all budget airlines either. So so is the best way to just go on the budget airlines website itself? Is yeah. that what you usually do? The process that I do is I will always, if I'm looking between two areas... The first thing I do, if you just want to know what budget airlines exist, and there are a ton, like I just went on before this show, and there's ones, you know, I probably haven't heard of 70% of them. Like, I don't know the Ethiopian budget airline, <laughs> and believe why would it or you? not. <laughs> so on Wikipedia, which we're going to reference a lot in the show and is a godsend for everything knowledge-based, there is a page that says low-cost airlines list, and it lists every low-cost carrier budget airline in the world broken down by continent and then country. So that's one place that I always start because... <laughs> well, to me, that seems really time-consuming. I mean, you wouldn't need to look at every one. I guess you would no, just no, no. pick the country that you want to fly in between. And you. I just meant if you want to know what's out there, okay. that's a place to start. If you're a nerd like me and you just love like hearing <laughs> these funny airlines that no one's heard of, then you're that's a way nerd? to start. <laughs> <laughs> You're a so. travel-obsessed, budget-conscious nerd? Uh, hitting refresh on <laughs> iTunes every three minutes to see if we moved up from 58 to 57. So you wouldn't have to do that, but we will link that in the show notes because it's it's cool to see what's out there. But as far as if you know where you want to go between, what I do is I go to Wikipedia again, and I put in the airport that I'm leaving out of. And what's cool about that is it will show you every airline that flies out of that airport. So we're on in Wikipedia. So we're in Chiang Mai right now. On every airport I've ever checked, now maybe there's some obscure ones that aren't on there, but Wikipedia, come on, it has its tentacles everywhere. So for example, if you type in Chiang Mai International Airport and you go to their Wikipedia page, it will show you every airline that flies out of it and it will show you where they fly. So if I know I want to go from Chiang Mai to, let's say, Kuala Lumpur, I can go, I'll go on the Wikipedia page for Chiang Mai airport and I'll just, you know, control F and hit Kuala Lumpur and it will find wherever Kuala Lumpur is. And I'll say, okay, I know that Bangkok Airways flies there. I know that AirAsia flies there. But, and so you can see what airlines fly there. Now, what I will do from there is I'll say, all right, these three airlines fly between these airports. Then if it's an airline, I don't know, it's probably a budget airline. I mean, if it's like Thai Airways, that's a major one. But if it's AirAsia or Bangkok Air, you might not know it. So then what I'll do is I will go to that airline's website and I will search for the dates I need. So basically to find out 
if a low cost carrier flies between those things or, you know, because you don't know, go to the city or, or the few airports that you might fly out of, look at what flies out of there, look at where it flies, and then you know the airlines, then you can go directly to their website and So this is, is starting with Wikipedia, type in the airport, yeah. it'll show all the carriers. I didn't yeah. even know this. It's being, crazy. Being married to you, I'm learning something new right now. Wikipedia is in insane. <laughs> it's like, I, no one has to do anything but go to Wikipedia. I guess we could end the podcast now. Just go to Wikipedia. <laughs> but and, and same if you want to fly into a destination. Like, that's another way. If you know, I really, really want to go into Bali, and you don't kind of care where you're leaving from because maybe you're like us and you're in Chiang Mai and you might end up in Krabi or you might go down to Bangkok or whatever. You just want to get to Bali eventually. You can go to Bali Airport on Wikipedia, Denpazar, and you can see where stuff flies into. So that was my next question. How do you find out where these budget airlines fly? And basically, you're saying just use Wikipedia. Well, I would use Wikipedia to get the names of the budget airlines. And when you know the budget airlines, you can go to their site. And what's cool about most budget airlines is the sites are not as bad as you think. Like AirAsia's website is actually really awesome. Now, some of the Chinese airlines that we were flying before, not so great. Some of the Indian airlines ones weren't so great, but you can go to their website. And usually what I will do then to see where they fly, they might have a route map, you know, might even say where we fly or, you know, find flights. And what you can do is you can type in where you're leaving from. We'll use the example of Chiang Mai. And then what it should do is when it says going to, it'll only list the options that it goes to. So I do this on Air Asia all the time because they fly everywhere. I'll put in Chiang Mai and then I'll go down to going to and I'll just, it'll list everywhere that it flies to from Chiang Mai. Okay. So then you, you know, you might not know where you want to go. Like, well, most people probably know where they want to go and where they're <laughs> flying out of. For us, it's much more fluid, but that gives you options. Like I, yesterday I was like, well, we could go to Krabi from Chiang Mai or we could go to Bali or we could go here. And then you just put in some certain dates and you see what the prices are. Okay. Now we have an idea of how we can find these flights. So say that we take a long haul flight, say we go from, I don't know, JFK to London. You touch down in London and you want to go to another country while you're there and you don't want to take a train for whatever reason. What are some of the best budget airlines for each general area? Ones that we've taken or some of our personal favorites? Yeah, let's think. I mean, here are some that we've taken in in Europe. Uh, especially out of the UK, you have Ryanair, you have EasyJet. Those are the two main ones. They fly a lot of different places. Okay. And what are some of the restrictions? Because as you mentioned before, most of these budget airlines have restrictions. Yeah. Every time you hear Ryanair, I think people, if you know Ryanair, you know it because of their crazy restrictions. And one of the reasons they got a lot of press was they had said that they were going to actually start charging people to use the bathroom on the plane. Like they were stripping it down to here is your ticket price. And then if you want to use the bathroom, you have to pay. If you want to sit on the plane, you have to pay. Like you could actually stand. Well, I mean, that's not really no. the case anymore. No, no, no. It didn't. It never happened, but it was they keep pushing the envelope. And then people are like, well, safety wise, you can't do this. But some of the main restrictions and each budget airline will be different. But you know, we'll use AirAsia and we'll use Ryanair and some of them as examples. For checked bags, you are going to have to pay. Now, this is becoming more common on quote unquote normal airlines as well. But for checked bags, you're always going to have to pay. So if you travel in just a carry on, which we advocate doing, you won't have to pay. Now, they are pretty strict. Well, they it depends because Ryanair is very strict. And it's like when you're in line for Ryanair, you feel like you start sweating because they randomly pick every other person or every few people to fit their bags in the little, you know, demonstrated 
carry on size. Well, we things. start to sweat because our bags are always, always big, but are always a little too big for carry on. I mean, even people like when we went to Spain and our friend Maria came just for a long weekend. She's British and she's like, "Yeah, I'll just hop down for you know eighty dollars and meet up with you guys." She packed in a really small bag and she said even she was nervous because the atmosphere is a little rigid when you're going to the gate and boarding the plane. Yeah, so some of the things you should expect to pay extra for definitely checked bags. And I will say one of our biggest tips is if you know you're going to check a bag, always do it ahead of time. That's one of the ways they make their money is ahead of time, depending on your ticket price is going to be different, but usually it'll be 50% less if you get baggage when you book. So if a bag is going to cost me $20 to check, it'll be $20. But if I if I get to the airport and they make me check it... Like you didn't say you were going to check it. I didn't say it. I was going to check it. And I get to the airport and do it, it'll be $40 or $50. So if you know you're going to check it, always check it beforehand. So check bag is one thing. Picking a seat is another thing. If you want to pick seats, almost all budget airlines are going to charge you for that. Meals is another pretty common thing that they'll charge you for. So you won't get food on the plane. Air Asia, most of them you can book meals ahead of time, actually. So we've done that with Air Asia. Sometimes they also come around with food that you can buy on the plane. It's a little more expensive. So I think this last time we booked and got like a tandoori chicken wrap for two fifty because we bought it ahead of time. But if we would have bought it on the plane, it was like three bucks or something. So they charge for food, checked bags, seats. Some of them will also charge for printing your boarding pass out at the airport. So what you want to do is you you want to print it out and bring it with you. So they'll some of them will charge you for checking in at the airport. So check in ahead of time, print out your boarding pass, bring it with you so you don't have to pay that. Some of them charge credit card processing fees, but there's no way around that. So those are the things that you should expect. I think all of them give out water. They might even have to, but they're going to charge for everything they can charge for, but those are kind of the big ones. Yeah, so basically try to do everything that you can in advance. Oh, another big one. Yes, exactly. I I forgot to mention like in-flight entertainment. A lot of these budget airlines will not have in-flight entertainment or it was the case with Jetstar when, and this was three and a half years ago, four years ago. So this was when iPads were new, fairly new. Newer. We got on a Jetstar flight and you know they don't have in-flight entertainment or anything like that. But what they did have is they had iPads preloaded with movies, which was pretty cool. And it was like $7 for an iPad. So, I mean, we got one because it was a long flight. Because we were going from Australia to Japan. So it was like seven hours. Yeah. But most stuff is a la carte, meaning you're going to have to pay for it on the airline. So come prepared. Bring food with you. Bring water with you. Cue up some entertainment. Exactly. Cue up your entertainment. Have your iPod ready with music. All that kind of stuff. The biggest one that we've always found is is packing in just a carry-on, even though when ours get really packed, they are over the weight limit. So we kind of, well, we can give them a little tips at the end. At the end. Yeah. yeah. So basically, once you've booked your ticket, don't just leave it there. Like when you book on a legacy carrier, you know, you can book it and then you don't have to think about it again. Really, I mean, except when you need to be at the airport. But when you book on a budget, when you have to think of checking your bag, preparing your boarding pass, picking up some snacks before you get on the plane, which we do anyway, no matter what. But it's a little more important. Yeah, it requires a little more thought. You just don't want to get dinged. Like we mentioned, the extras, everyone complains about Ryanair. Like, oh, I can't believe they're nickel and diming me. They're charging me to use my credit card. or They're charging me for food. Or they're charging me for my baggage. Blah, 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 blah. Well, 
there's a reason you're getting a five pound flight from London to Paris or whatever it is. I mean, you know, there's a reason I mean, you get what you pay for, basically. Yeah. I mean, you the thing you should be aware of is that there are all these extra fees. And I think a lot of people don't fly on budget airlines because they hear these horror stories. But if you get a really cheap ticket and you're aware of the extra fees, that's fine. It's that people don't expect it and then they get to the airport and they have to pay as much to check their bag as they had for the ticket and they get all bent out of shape. Well, just know it ahead of time. Buy If you're going to check your bags, buy it ahead of time and it'll and be cheaper. And honestly, on a budget airline, you should be able to pack in and carry on more so because they're usually shorter flights. They're usually a domestic flight or, you know, you're not going for months and months on end. Usually. Yeah, usually. usually. I mean, there are, like we said, AirAsia and Jetstar. Some of these companies are really expanding to have some long haul flights. I believe AirAsia even flew, might still fly like all the way to Europe or Jetstar flies from Australia. Europe. So there are a few occasions, but for the most part, it's going to be shorter trips. One thing I should mention with the checked bags, I just thought of this is Frontier Airlines in America, we said they're kind of the quintessential them and spirit budget airline in America. They actually charge you for checked bag or a carry-on bag. You're not even allowed to bring a carry-on bag with you. And I think the carry-on bag f- price is 25 bucks and so is the checked bags price. So, you know, it's the same, you it's might the as well same. So not just, worry about it. I think that kind of leads us into all right, the the discussion of should you should you compare the prices of a budget airline versus a normal carrier because you sometimes have all these, you know, crude fees that come with a budget airline. Exactly. Is it worth it? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. Is it worth it? And we've been talking, you know, singing the praises of budget airlines, and they are great. We have flown many different budget airlines. I didn't even ever finish the ones that we were talking about. I mean, maybe I'll throw it in here. We did Ryanair, EasyJet, that's in Europe. We flew Smart Wings, which is actually a really good, cheap thing out of Prague. They run flights out of Prague. Oh, yeah. So if you're there, we've, we've actually, never heard of it. Yeah, we flew them from <laughs> Milan to Prague and we also flew them from, from Croatia, Croatia to, to Prague. Prague. So Smart Wings is an example of something I had never ever heard of before four months ago. Now I've taken it twice. In India, there's a bunch of them like Indigo, I think Spice Air. Uh, in Japan, actually, this is something that a lot of people don't know and, and I wouldn't know either had we not lived in Japan. There is a lot of budget airlines in Japan, including one called Skymark that we flew a bunch of places. Uh, we actually flew from the middle of Japan, you know, near Tokyo where we lived, down all the way down to, to Okinawa. Okinawa. Yeah, and that we was flew, a great flight. Yep. And we flew all the way up to Hokkaido. So we flew to the Southern Islands and we flew to the northernmost part of Japan with Skymark. And they actually do an interesting thing where they open up the tickets. I can't exactly remember. I believe it was 60 days. Like You can't buy tickets up before 60 days of the date. And they open them up at like 9 a.m. 60 days before. And then you know, it's just price tiers. And as soon as those sell out, they go up and up and up. So we, for the one up to Hokkaido, we knew it'd be really popular because it was that snow festival at the Yuki Matsuri and a bunch of people go up there. And so it was 60 days before at 9am and I'm hitting refresh, refresh, trying to get in and buy the tickets. So yeah, I mean, that's similar to when you're booking on an award ticket and you need to book what, 330 days days in advance for the most part. For like the Olympics or the World Cup. Right. Those are going to sell out. So to different budget airlines, I mean, that's Skymark. Most of them aren't like that where it's so close to the booking date. But So when is the best time to book? Because do you think it's cheaper when you book like really close to the date? Or do you think it's cheaper when you book months in advance? Budget, Does it not matter? Budget airlines, from my experience, operate a little different than regular airlines, where regular airlines prices will fluctuate all the time. And, you know, 
if you book far in advance, you might not get a better deal than if you book close. With a lot of budget airlines, it, it does fluctuate at times. What we've seen predominantly is that they have a set amount of promo tickets or super saver, or whatever that airline calls it. And then once those are sold out, they go to like the general ticket price and things like that. So for budget airlines, I would say... Earlier is better? Earlier is normally better. Now, we have seen instances where... Now, I just looked for a flight down to Krabi. So from here in Chiang Mai to Krabi, you know, it's probably... It's like in an, southern Thailand. Yeah, it's like an hour flight. But I just looked and they still had plenty of promo tickets that were available all next week. And the promo price was $50. So they were still available. I don't know whether that was the price seven months ago, I would guess. So budget airlines, I think as a rule, earlier the better. But uh, you can still sometimes make out even if it's a couple days before. Yeah, for sure. And and so getting back to the comparing prices, basically what you want to do, as I said in the beginning of the show, like the more options, the better. Because you're just then you can just crunch the numbers. And you don't have to be a math genius to do this. You know, as you guys who have listened to the podcast know, I mess up dates and numbers and stuff all the time, like booking train tickets on the wrong day but and things like that. you are really good with budgets, even yeah. our personal budget with all of your spreadsheets. And wow. I know I'm making you sound even nerdier, but when it comes to budgeting money, you're pretty darn good with numbers. I try to stay <laughs> organized, whether it works or not. But what you will do, you know, just... The easiest way to do it is take into account everything with the budget airline. So you might see a ticket that says like $140 and you think, oh my gosh, well, on this legacy carrier, it's 250 bucks. So I'm going to, this is a steal. I'm saving a hundred bucks. Well, you know, if you have check bags, factor that in, check how much the check bags are going to cost. Another thing to consider, and I didn't bring this up when we were saying before, is some budget airlines will fly, will say, oh, we fly from London to Paris. Well, most people would assume, oh, you're flying from Heathrow to Charles de Gaulle, the main airport in London and the main airport in Paris. Yeah, but that's true. I didn't even think about that. A lot of budget carriers have their own... Terminals, or they fly from a different airport. Yeah, it's not going to be the main airport usually. Usually not, and that's one thing to consider. Like Ryanair does not fly out of Heathrow, as far as I know, but most of their flights go out of different airports that might be very hard to get to. For example, Air Asia. We know this one a little better. It flies into the old airport in Bangkok, Don Myong, or something like that. It doesn't fly into BKK, the main airport. Well, we didn't have any idea. You know, BKK, the main airport, is awesome. Don Myung Airport is an old airport for a reason. It's crap. So that's a thing to consider. Make sure wherever they're flying into, you know how to get from that airport. Don't assume you're going to be going to the main airport and, oh, yeah, there's a metro and I can hop on the metro and easily get downtown. That's something to consider. So when you're doing all this, look at the price. How is it going to, how am I going to be able to get downtown compared to where I'm flying in? Am I checking bags? How much does that cost? You know, is it long and do I want to bring food? That shouldn't be too much of a cost. That might be a couple dollars here and there, but make sure you consider everything that goes with the budget airline. Check the amount that that would be once you add it up versus the legacy carrier. And then, you know, if all things being considered, if it was the same price, I would fly a legacy carrier because you can earn frequent flyer miles with them. So if you fly, you know, on a partner airline here in Asia, if I fly on Thai Airways where I can earn miles with other airlines or Singapore Airlines, I can earn miles with United. Whereas if I fly AirAsia, I'm not really earning miles. They have a loyalty program, but it's pretty crap. So all things considered, I'd fly a legacy carrier over AirAsia if, if it was the same price. But 
You want to check it out. Okay, so all these things that you've mentioned kind of seem a little bit overwhelming or like a lot of research is required. Is there a way that we could kind of just list it off really quickly, the steps, starting with like the first step, what you should do? Yeah, I think the fact that I talk so much (laughs) makes people scared to do it. I mean, it actually doesn't really take that long. But if we could just kind of simplify it a little bit and say, okay, first things first. That's why it's good to have you on the podcast, (laughs) because you look at it from a way of, I'm a normal person. Why does this sound so hard? First things first, find the budget airlines in the region that you're going to. That would be as easy as going to Wikipedia putting in a few airports, seeing what flies in and out of the airports that you want to go to. From there, you go to that airline's website. So if it's Tiger Airways, you go to Tiger Airways website.com. It's tigerairways.com, whatever. Yeah, put in the information, see how much it costs. And usually on their website, they will have a list of all the extra fees. Most of the ones we talked about are the big ones. Yeah, and they don't hide these. They're right there. No. It's not like any small print at the bottom. They're going to let you know straight away usually yeah. what's going to cost The only time. like ones they hide are like the credit card processing fee when you get to the very end and have to use a credit card. But again, it's, it's like... so many things in life. Uh, yeah, so. it's a tiny amount. They don't hide the fact that you can't bring luggage on unless they allow it. You know, then they'll say that pretty boldly. So then, yeah, then you go to that airline's website and you look at the prices for a ticket. Step three, what I would do is I would go to ITA Matrix, which is an awesome website that people may have heard me talk about before. And that will give you all the, the comparisons. M- that will give you all the normal carriers. Okay. Go there, see how much a ticket would be on a normal carrier. And then all you have to do is put the prices in and figure out what you'd rather do. Okay. I mean, that sounds a lot easier. That seems really manageable to me. I'm trying to give people knowledge is power here. Maybe it's too much talking. No, it's not. It's the right amount of talking. I just think for me, when I'm, when I'm here even listening to you talk about this, it sounds overwhelming to me because you're the one who does this most of the time. You're usually the one booking our tickets. But when you kind of simplify it a little bit, it's, you know, three or four pretty easy steps. Now you've given everyone the information required, you know, what to expect. Those are important things. Yeah. And, and the other thing when you're on, you know, during step two, when you're looking at the airlines and finding the prices, make sure you're seeing the, as we mentioned kind of at the end of the show here, the airports that they're flying into because people, I, I can't okay, tell so you. that should really be the step four. Well, to yeah. Double well, check everything. And double to see check where, the airports. Like you're not flying into Charles de Gaulle, you're flying into Orly or you're not flying into BKK, you're flying into this random one outside of Bangkok. Yeah, and the thing, when we were, we took that budget flight from Paris to early to Vienna, and we got there really early in the morning, there was like nothing to eat. There were no restaurants. There was like one little kiosk selling some croissants. Yeah, sometimes those airports are better, right? Yeah. Because they're smaller and they're easier to get in and out of. But just be aware, you know, there's no catch-all that says like a budget airline's airport is worse or better. For example... Air Asia, their main hub now at oh, Kuala Lumpur, it's amazing. which is Terminal 2 at KLIA, Kuala Lumpur International Airport, Terminal 2, used to be a dump. It was like open air. We went through there like 30 different times. It was crazy. And now it's, now it's brand new and it's one amazing of the nicest terminals beautiful. in the world. So. so let's talk, let's end this with some special tips or tricks that makes a budget airline experience more enjoyable. And some of them we've mentioned, but what are some, some really good tips that you have? Yeah, I would definitely say travel with a carry on if possible. 
because if you're flying a lot on budget airlines like we do when we're through, out through Asia, you know, they will charge you every leg, every segment, every flight you take. So, you know, if your ticket's 50 bucks and a check bag is 30 bucks and then you have to get on a plane three days later and go somewhere else, well, you, it just adds up. So always travel with a carry-on. If you're not traveling with a carry-on, so Heather, we should admit here, I hope I hope the Air Asia gods aren't listening here before yeah, I Yeah, I hope we don't get some bad karma Heather's, because of this. Heather's My backpack is backpack not is too tall. It's size. a little too tall for carry-on. So what we have it's done... it's definitely overweight. I mean, uh, it is... Well, they say seven, seven kilos. kilos. I'm guessing Heather's is closer to 70 than seven kilos. Okay. It's probably more likely 12 kilos, whatever that is in, in pounds. But. Yeah. So what you can do... What what we do is we try to make it look like these bags are lighter. So, for example, Heather's a backpack that zips up and you can carry it as a yeah, duffel. Like the, yeah, exactly. It's and more like a duffel. So I carry it on the side of me and it just looks so much smaller that way with all the straps tucked in and it looks very smooth. And We assume that if someone sees someone carrying a bag like a duffel bag, they would think, oh, that's not very heavy and it's not that big. So even though when we were checking in for this last Air Asia flight, I was saying, my fingers are hurting so bad. Yeah, well, I can't hold on to this. And I said, don't give in. Don't put it on the floor. They're going to think it's heavy. So she had to yeah, stand and there. I try to always keep eye contact because then, you know, they're looking at me and they're not looking down at my bag and whatever. There's all these little tips and tricks. With Air Asia, we find that you can get away with it. Some other carriers, you can kind of get away with it. Well, another tip with that, if you are having the luggage that you think is going to be too much, do the web check-in. Not only is are going to save you money because you don't have to check in at the airport. But if you web check in, then you don't have to go to the desk and, and check in there. So they don't ever even get to see your bag. The only people seeing your bag, the security, security people, guard to work for the airport who don't the care. Gate. Yeah, they're and then not when you're concerned, yeah, because then by then you're like getting on the plane. So they're unless it's you look ridiculous, they're probably going to let you get on the plane. So if you web check in, no one even gets to see your bag before you basically get to the gate, and they probably won't care there. The other one, make sure you get some snacks. A, a really good tip for us is make sure you know the hubs of that. So we've talked a lot about AirAsia, and it's because it's the, the best one, the one we like the most, and the one we've flown the most. But Kuala Lumpur is their hub. So for example, if we are looking to go to Chiang Mai to Bali, right, Heath, you can't fly direct Chiang Mai to Bali. You have to route through either their Bangkok airport or a few other different airports. Well, one of the things I did was I said, okay, well, if I go Chiang Mai to Bangkok and Bangkok to Bali, you know, it's two separate tickets. What is the total price? It was like $300. But if I go Chiang Mai to Kuala Lumpur, it was like 80. Kuala Lumpur to Bali was like 60. So it was $140. So by rooting through their the main, main hub, hub, it's cheaper usually. Usually because it has the most flights in and out of it. So it's naturally going to be cheaper. So whatever airline you're with, budget airline, look at their hub. If you have to route between these secondary cities, try to route through their hub or at least check yeah, that that's probably going to be the cheapest. really, what difference does it make to you if you're stopping in Bangkok or if you're stopping in Kuala Lumpur? Right. There's no difference. Unless, of course, you want to stop there and stay for a few days. But if you're just flying to get down to the destination, the other thing we should mention is if you are doing that and it's a separate, if you book the ticket separately and it's a separate itinerary, you will have to go out through customs and like come back in. So if you book Chiang Mai to Kuala Lumpur, as one ticket, and then Kuala Lumpur to Bali as a as second. A second ticket. You're going to have to go through all the rigmarole of going back in at Kuala Lumpur because we almost missed a flight because yeah. we thought we were just transferring. Fortunately, we in Europe, if you have a situation like that and it's part of the EU, it doesn't really matter that yeah, much. Yeah, things but, are much easier. Yeah. So those are some of the tips. What do you have? I mean, you're the one who always brings the food on. 
Sometimes the budget carriers have better food because you're paying for it extra. So like on AirAsia, the, the wraps and some of the food is actually not that bad. I enjoy it more sometimes than other airline food. But yeah, usually we just grab something at the airport or if you can remember the day before or the morning before to go to a grocery store, or even a convenience yeah, we store. we make sandwiches and, and some stuff. some things up. I mean, that's true with any flight that we take. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that you really hit most of the points. And when you talked about going to, through the hub, like I know that trick because we've done that trick so many times. Yeah. And we just helped a friend who was looking to go directly from Chiang Mai to Jakarta and it was costing a lot of money. But if she rooted through KL instead of somewhere else, it, it dropped by like half the price. So those are the tips with budget airlines. I think the big takeaway is that Budget airlines rule. Yeah, and they exist and they're not that getting, hard to find. Yeah, and yeah. if you know what you're getting into, just know what you're getting into with budget airlines. Look at all the prices. Stop saying that budget airlines are screwing you because they're charging you for bags. That's why you have a cheap ticket. So just be cognizant of it. And we'll kind of lay out in the show notes the steps as Heather nicely made me allude to like the four <laughs> steps of budget airlines. Well, I'm not sure how well I did with the with the interviewing part of this. I think I'll usually leave that up to you as you're the professional. But uh, <laughs> the I guess I can I can let you wrap this up in the way that you always do. Yeah, I mean, the, guys, you know, we want to know your opinions as well. Um, we love budget airlines. I know a lot of you have flown on them. So if you have, let us know your experiences because we have not flown. There's crazy amounts of budget airlines out there. Go to that Wikipedia page. You'll see what I'm talking about. If you have flown in less than your experience, if you haven't, you have questions, let us know because I'm a big proponent of it. The more options, the better. So you can get the show notes, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash budget airlines. Also, as you mentioned at the top of the show, if you do want to learn basically how we fly around the world anywhere for under $100, it's all in boot camp. I, you know, I spend a lot of time putting boot camp together. We've refined it over the last year and a half. We've had five groups go through already. It's been a wonderful experience. People and there's have, so many success stories, like real life people who've gone through it and then have used their knowledge to travel. Yeah. And that's the best is when we're on the Facebook group and people are like, I'm going around the world with my family of four. And, and it's just cool because I've helped them do that. But then people take the information and run with it. And now, you know, the, the, they're helping other yeah, people. Yeah. The hundred people yeah. in our, in our Facebook group are all helping each other. And, you know, if you haven't started travel hacking at all, we put in a lot of new stuff for beginners. So you can really start at, at zero if you don't know anything and we'll take you all the way through. And if you have, we focus a lot on redeeming miles. So earning miles pretty basic and pretty easy once you get the hang of it. But a lot of people are like, well, how can you do a round-the-world trip with miles? And how can you route through here and here and here? All the complicated stuff that no one really wants to figure out on their own. We've made a bunch of videos. It's been really great. So if you are interested in boot camp, make sure you go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash ffbootcamp because if you sign up through that link, it'll show me on the back end that you came from the podcast and you'll be getting the special audio version, like little gift that I'm making just for podcast listeners. So again, that's capped at 30 though. So if you're interested, the sooner the better and it closes on Friday, November 14th. So get into that if you're interested. And last, as we should just mention, the survey's out there. You could win a $50 Amazon gift card. Hath, if you want $50 from Amazon, what would you spend it on? Books. 
Yeah. What did you just do? You just got his Kindle Unlimited, right? I did. Yeah. The Amazon now has this Kindle Unlimited because, you know, we've been traveling a lot more. So we have downtime on the flights or whatever. And I've been buying a lot of books and Travis was like, why are you spending so much yeah. money on books? So for $10 a month, you can have quite a big library. I was like, man, free. we better yeah. have a lot of people joining boot camp because <laughs> this book habit, I'll tell you. But yeah, Kindle Unlimited, we just got really, really cool thing. So you have a chance at a $50 Amazon gift card. It takes you less than five minutes. It's it's really invaluable for us because then we know what you want to hear. So extrapackofpeanuts.com slash survey. And lastly, as always, guys, thank you so much for the support. I cannot believe we are a, we can say it, we are a top 100 podcast on iTunes. Everyone has made Trav a very happy person. I went for a nice long swim in the pool here in Chiang Mai after that. Just so happy. Then I just floated around, big smile on my face. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And of course, until tomorrow, happy happy free free travels. travels.